Welcome to the Hockey Dudes Podcast. This is Hayden here bringing you all the news from the Blue Jackets in this past week. It's a daily podcast that kind of really doesn't get posted daily right now. I know I got to do a better job of that. I got to pick up my game, bros. I'm sorry. I'll get there. I'll get there. Anyway, it was hard because I just had to let this week play out, man. I had to just see what the Blue Jackets were going to continue to do up there in Traverse City. They balled out four straight games. The prospect team went up there and won. They are not official Traverse City tournament champions, but they basically are. I mean, nobody beat them. They beat the Leafs twice. I saw they beat the Stars and they beat the Red Wings and they just played good up there, man. A lot of good things came out of that tournament. We saw, look, listen, the Blue Jackets had three prospects that led the way in points for the entire tournament. Josh Dunn, he led the overall tournament with seven points. He had that game-winning goal in overtime of that first game. Tyler Angle and Igor Shinakov, they were tied in second with six points. So an overall very successful trip for the Blue Jackets up in Traverse City. And of course, today, Tuesday, was the media luncheon and the media presser. Tons of sound coming from that. I'm going to just play sound from two dudes here today. We'll Throughout the week, I'll get you some more stuff. I'll get you some other players and whatnot. I mean, I know there were Bjorkstrand, Nyquist, Voracek. All those guys were at the podium. I'll make sure to get you sound from those guys as well. We're right here. Preseason hockey is sneaking up on us. It's coming up first game in Pittsburgh on Monday night. And man, I'll tell you what, I think there's at least a couple guys that really set themselves up to have a shot at making this team. I think Cole Sillinger and uh, Igor Shinakov looked amazing up there. And I'm going to play some sound from, uh, from John Davidson and Yarmo Kekalainen here to just talk about what that was like watching those guys play what they brought to the table. I'm excited. I'm, I really am excited. I, I know that it's just a prospect tournament. It's just four games. It's, it's your draft picks going against other draft picks. Half, half, more than half these players are never going to see NHL ice. I know, I know all that, but I mean, Igor Shinakov didn't, it didn't look like he belonged on that ice at all. It looked like he was an NHLer playing in a beer league. I mean, something about the way that he played that game, played those games when the puck was on his stick, there was just open space around him because he was just moving at a different speed, playing with a different level of intensity, a, di- a different, he, he, he was clearly the best hockey player on the ice, the most talented hockey player on the ice whenever he was out there. And his shot showed it. I mean, he followed it up with the way that he was scoring goals, just sniping one-timers. I mean, just amazing. The guy was scoring from anywhere in the anywhere in the offensive zone. It was awesome. It was incredible. And then Cole Sillinger looked great. I mean, there was just the way that he attacked the puck. He was relentless with the way that he would just go after the puck and try to win battles. He just never gave up. He was flying all over the place. Guy looked like as good as a center as the Blue Jackets have ever had. Now, of course, and, and you'll hear from the guys when I play their sound, the level's going to ramp up. I mean, even in the post, even in the preseason, rather, the, the level is going to get a little bit more intense. The best of the best prospects are going to be 
grabbed and and put on the roster of these teams and thrown out onto the ice, and we'll get to see Shinokov. We'll get to see Cole Sillinger. Hell, I'm, we might even get to see guys like Josh Dunn and, and Carson Meyer. Hopefully we see those guys as well because I believe that those guys, I'm rooting for them. I don't know if I believe that they can be NHLers, but I'm rooting for them. Certainly they're going to be playing a lot of time up in Cleveland. I I just... When you are looking at a rebuilding franchise, you look at your draft picks. Who do we have coming in who are going to be the future cornerstone pieces of what is going to be a new era of Blue Jackets hockey? And I'll tell you what we saw from Traverse City. We have guys already drafted, already in our organization who can go on to be those guys. And yeah, I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's hear from John Davidson. This was him talking about the performance of the rookies in Traverse City to, uh, this past week. We were up there for six days, five nights for a uh, rookie tournament. And uh, I will say that having done that for 16 or 17 seasons, this was uh, a really, really good tournament for, for the Blue Jackets. The players themselves and the staff played extremely well. They played hard. It was physical. When you think of some of the young players that we really look at for our future, uh, Sillinger, Chinikov, amongst others, they really did their jobs. For us, it was a chance to get together as a staff, do a lot of different things and bond. And again, as a person who's gone there with different organizations and uh, for 15 or 16 seasons, this was, uh, this was really, really good, really beneficial, and it gives us uh, a good start as we get into this brand-new season. You love that, man. You love to hear that. You just There's so many question marks when you go and you look at this Blue Jackets organization, and when you see guys ball out and play really, really well, and you already talked about Sillinger and Shinokov, um, it gives you hope. It gives you motivation. It's like, okay, there's a lot of skill already right here. A lot of raw talent that we haven't really had our hands on. We haven't really had a chance to mold and, and protect. And I, I'm, he, of course, he's really, really excited to get, you know, in the, in the rooms with these guys. He's like, there's a lot of raw talent here between Sillinger and, and Yegor. And I'm, I'm sure there's a ton of optimism, a ton of excitement. You got two players right there. That's not a lot of teams can't really say that. A lot of teams can't look at their prospect camp and say, yeah, we got two guys who are going to be able to help us here this year. And sure, obviously, a lot of that is because the Blue Jackets have a ton of holes. So you're going to you're going to look at guys and say, Hey, somebody needs to come up and help us right now. And maybe that motivates guys to play better. Maybe the reason why the Blue Jackets did so much better at this tournament was because they feel there's a lot of room for them to really make the team. And I'm sure that was part of the conversations that was being had between the CBJ brass and these prospects is, hey, you guys can earn a spot on this team. This is a really good chance for you to get some game time and to show what you can do, show us what your skills are so that we can get you in our organization right away. And it was, it was really, it was really awesome. Um, speaking of, of John Davidson, he did address a, um, an issue between uh, Zach Ronaldo and, his vaccination status, which Zach Ronaldo is, of course, is a guy who 
the Blue Jackets traded for between Calgary. He was coming into the organization. You were looking at him. He's not a huge point getter, but he's a forward who you hope to bring some grit to this team. Uh, just a, a mix it up kind of a guy, just a, a guy that's been in the league for a, a while, you know, doesn't have a full-time spot with the team that he was on, but you'd love to bring him in. Hopefully he can bring that sort of grit, that sort of mentality, a guy that you, you lost that when you lost Josh Anderson, you lost that when you lost Pierre-Luc Dubois, like you lost or Nick Foligno rather not P, not PLD. That guy didn't try at all. You lost that when you lost Nick Foligno, you lost those hard hitting forwards and, you know, that is still an identity of this team, or at least that's an identity that Yarmo and Brad Larson are trying to build. And because of the NHL's vaccination policy, he's not able to play in the NHL because he does not have the vaccine. And I'm going to first play John Davidson's uh, just the team's vaccination policy. Here's what he had to say regarding that. When you read the amount of players and the percentage of players that have been vaccinated, it's a big, big number. There's very few that aren't. And that's their own personal choice. I'm not going to sit here and tell them what to do, even though I'd like to see the whole world vaccinated. My daughter's a doctor, and she, she, she believes in this. And I believe in her because she's a hell of a lot smarter than I am. And uh, I, I'd like to see the whole world get vaccinated, uh, including all the athletes. We have to, I think, when we think about vaccination and we think about our team, we think about our fans, we think about our, our, our players and their families, we have a responsibility as, as the leaders of the organization. We want our people vaccinated. We want to wear masks as much as possible. It's just the way it is. And then here's Yarmo on being asked directly about Zach Ronaldo and his situation of not being vaxxed. And what does this mean for his playing time here with the future of the club? I think the ball is in his court right now. Um, as JD mentioned, we do everything as a team, and that's that's a requirement of being a blue jacket. And, and uh, we're going with the group that we have here, which is 100% vaccinated, and we'll see how it develops. Yeah, so he's the one lone guy that is not vaccinated that is going to be not at Eaton. He's not even going to be at camp. He's going to start right away with the Cleveland Monsters and the AHL because I guess for some reason the NHL has that policy, but the AHL does not have a vaccination policy. And listen, man, I know some people who have serious health issues and cannot take the vaccine. They cannot have any symptoms of COVID because of their issues with their heart. I know I know individuals like that. I don't know what Zach Ronaldo's situation is. I know he's a professional athlete, so he's certainly um, the right age to where he could get the vaccination and, and he probably wouldn't be hurt by it. But I just don't know. We haven't heard... Ronaldo speak to the media. So we just don't know where his stance is going to be on this, man. I just, I find it really surprising. I mean, and then between this and, and losing the assistant coach Lefebvre, it's just weird. It's a weird situation. I don't understand it. I'm, I'm glad it's not a situation that I'm in. Like for me, it was just get the vaccine. Don't think about it. Just, just get the vaccine. Just be a sheep. Just get vaccinated. Cause then you can do all the things that you are being told that you can't do without it. So I I would think for a guy like Zach Ronaldo, that would be worth it to him. Like to play in the NHL, to be in this camp, to be a part of this team would be worth it for him to get, you know, get the vaccine. That's worth it. I don't know. Again, the situation is extremely weird. 
It's it's very new. We just learned about this today. Um, but as Yarmo said, the ball's in his court. So I I would feel like if Ronaldo had a really a, an actual reason why he wasn't getting it, that would be expressed to the CBJ front office, to to Yarmo and to John Davidson, to Larson. Like, hey, I can't get it because of this. And you'd think that there'd be a little bit of pushback here with, you know, with what John Davidson was saying. He expects the team to be fully vaccinated. He believes in the vaccine. I just feel like for a guy like Ronaldo, like if there was a reason, John Davidson would have stepped up and said, hey, there's reasons why guys can't get it. I'm very frustrated with the vaccination policy. I don't know. I just feel like knowing who John Davidson is, knowing who Yarmo Kikalainen is, they'd be a little bit more out front for their players because they've done that in the past. But regardless, I'm going to step away from that because we just don't know more. We just know that Ronaldo will, Zach Ronaldo will not be at the uh, camp, which starts tomorrow. And yeah, just very interesting. Let's keep going here with John Davidson though, because obviously he's coming back after being with the Rangers for two years. He's he, he left the blue jackets to take a job in New York where he played goalie for back in his playing days uh, a real opportunity for him. Um, but once he got fired there because this, the just extremely weird situation between ownership and the front office and the head coach and just a, a bad scene was going on over there in New York. There was some clear rift between just everything. Uh, this was John Davidson talking about uh, why he chose Columbus after New York. And I just think it's really interesting and actually somewhat encouraging. And uh, for me, being around as long as I have, this is an extremely exciting situation. You know, I, I had, when I left New York, didn't want to at the time, but I did, I was told, and I had plenty of different offers, lots of opportunities to do different things, um, whether it be other teams or whether it be the world of the media or whatever. I sat down with my family, we chose Columbus. We chose Columbus because of the city, because of the, the, the hockey club which I was away for two seasons, but it didn't feel like that. And um, when you have ownership like this, you have a city that supports a team like this, and you sit there and analyze where the team is and how we can get to where we have to get to, this is an extremely good situation. Uh, I'm excited to be a part of this and work with everybody, and we're going. We're going for it. I love that. I really love that a lot, and that was not something that was even really surprising coming from him. I mean, there was almost zero time in between when he got fired from New York and when he accepted the job back in Columbus. I mean, it was like, what, like a day in between? Like, it was a no-brainer for them to come back here. Uh, clearly, it was a situation that he was excited about. It was, it was an I mean, it, what's What is weird to me is because the team was in a different state when he left, right? Like, we had already been set up. We had all of our pieces. We still had Seth Jones... We still had Pierre-Luc Dubois, Josh Anderson even. like We had tons of dudes still. And we were still looking like somewhat of a, a playoff team, year in, year out. That was not the case when he decided to come back to Columbus. But by the time he decided to come back to Columbus, it was, yeah, Torts is gone. We are we have looking for a new coach. We are going to completely rebuild this thing. We've traded away a lot of our guys. Seth Jones doesn't want to play here anymore. He he doesn't want to sign another contract. Things are going down the crapper. Now he comes back and he's actually looking forward to the talent that the Blue Jackets already have in the organization. 
And here is his, just his final note on that, his final point of him hitting on the optimism he has with this team and the guys that the Blue Jackets have right now. We're, we're excited. We're really excited. Yes, there's changes. You never know where the changes take you at times. But even if you look at the Traverse City situation, there's been a lot of really, really good young players come through that tournament. And to see what uh, players like Chinikov and Sillinger did, uh, Dunn played really well for a big man. He played a nasty game. Those, those are the types of things that make you excited. And, you, and I know some of the future's not here, but the players and, and the additions we've made, the trades we've made, there's sincere optimism. We, we, uh, you, you can't sit here and predict where you're going to go, but we're, we're going to, uh, as, again, as I've said in many, many years past, we're going to go north. I'm telling you right now, we're, if, if anybody wants to show up and not work hard and not play and not do their jobs, there's other people around here that are going to take jobs, and we're going to go forward. We're going to become a very, very good hockey club. We're all committed to it, and um, I, I think the patience level is where it should be but you can't just sit here and be patient. You've got to push, and we're going to push. I love that. I love that last line, we're going to push. And I also love that he was talking about just you're not given a job. Like, we're, we're going we're gonna to have guys come up and, and try to earn jobs. We're going to go north right now. There's not going to be a lot of waiting, and I think this is a team that doesn't have to wait. I really, I think this is a team that does not have to wait before they be good. I think the NHL is a league that is actually somewhat easy to rebuild in because it is such a young man's league and you get so many draft picks and you have so many prospects that if you can just find the right talent, if you, if you have drafted well and according to what makes good NHL players, if you have followed that formula, then yeah, you can be good and turn things around very quickly. Of course, Elvis got a a brand new extension, and this was after they had the media presser, but I just needed to drop that in there. Five years, $5.5 million, $27 million total for Elvis Merz Lincolns. That's very good for him. That's very good. I mean, it clearly shows that the Blue Jackets are committing to him as our number one goalie. Hell, I love that. I love that. I really do. I love that for him. I love hearing that. I, 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 I can't stress enough how awesome it's been seeing the the leader that he has became throughout this off season for many different reasons. And he's going to be a part of the future here, at least for the next five years. And it's going to be awesome. I, I it's going to be awesome. I don't know what we're going to do with Corpusalo. I. If he stays in the room as well and we can just have a two goalie tandem, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. I mean, that's a very lucky thing to have as an NHL team is to have two solid goalies like that. And if there's interest for him, then great. Let's trade him. Let's get something back for him. Corpy, I'm sure he's not uh, oblivious to what is happening here, what's happening with his situation. So, yeah, I- I'm I'm interested to see where that goes. Another guy that got paid today. Uh the Minnesota Wild locked up Kirill Kaprizov for a pretty solid deal. I think that one was, yeah, five years, $9 million for Kaprizov. I, listen, it's a good deal. It's a good deal for both sides. I think after being, you know, considering he was a rookie and should still be under his rookie contract and 
uh, he wanted to renegotiate immediately after his season, which he was the runaway favorite for the Calder, uh, carried the Minnesota Wild to the playoffs. I think he deserves every dollar. And $9 million's pretty good from the other side. From the other side, as the Minnesota Wild, I mean, hey, that's what the Predators were, pl- were paying Matt Duchesne. So there's worse contracts out there. I mean, Kaprizov, I think, de- deserves a little bit more money than Matt Duchesne right now. What do you say? Uh, let's stick to the young talent that the Blue Jackets have here. Here's Yarmo just speaking of what he, what he saw between Cole Sillinger and Igor Shinakov. And I could mention a lot of different guys, but obviously everybody's eyes were on, on Sillinger and, and um, Chinnikov because they dominated in that tournament, in my opinion. And But not not just statistically. I, I think that the, the competitiveness and maturity of Sillinger showed his leadership. And, um, you know, people have analyzed his skating. Um, I, I must be seeing it totally differently because I am not the least bit worried about his skating. Every time there's a puck race, he wins it. Uh, maybe it's partly because of his competitiveness, but I think he's got great explosiveness too. Might not be the smoothest skater, but I really don't care about the style of skating. I care about if, uh, effectiveness of skating, if you want efficiency of skating, if you want to call it that. And uh, just just how, how well he played um, in the physical games too, competing and and, um, and just making a difference. And, and Chinnikov, you know, everybody talks about his shot, but I think that now that everybody seems to be pretty familiar with his shot through the highlights and, and all that, I think you'll see another side of him too where if you overplay him, he's going he's gonna to pass the puck and he sees the ice really well. So those two guys have good opportunities ahead of them, but they're going to have to earn it. And they're going to have to earn it from Brad Larson first and the, the management. And um, there's no spots given for anybody here, not doesn't matter where you drafted or, or what your salary is, you're still going to have to earn it. So it starts tomorrow with testing and, and medicals, and, and then we'll go from there. Chinakov. Chinakov, not Chinakov. Not Chin, whatever the hell I was saying earlier. I'm sorry. I'm sure that's just bothering some people. Chinakov. Chinakov. There you go. Just right there. Just nice, short, and sweet. Chinakov. I just keep wanting to say Chinakov. I don't know why. Chinnikov, okay. Uh, I I did love how he, he didn't hone in on Cole Sillinger there and, and said, you know, some people were talking about his skating, and he said he really doesn't care. Uh, his skating looked fine. He said, first of all, I love how he said, I don't know what everybody was talking about with the skating. I think he skated fine. And then he said, he's not the smoothest skater. <laughs> That's what people were talking about. He may be not be the smoothest skater, but he skates hard as hell. And for a big body like him, you love to have that in the lineup right away. That's all that matters is we got to have centers who can play both ways and can attack the puck and don't just bring the offensive perspective. Like we need guys to, to we need those blue collared guys still. We still need that just because we aren't under the, the torts regime anymore. Doesn't mean we can just say goodbye to those players and just solely focus on offensive players. Our centers still need to be able to play both ways. And Yarmo actually hit on that when talking specifically about Jack Roslovic and just the fact that there is a stigma about him that he is just an offensive centerman. And here's what he had to say about Jack learning to play both ways. We have high expectations for Jack Roslovic. He's he's shown his offensive ability last year. Now he needs to show us that his two-way game has grown and 
looks like he had a great summer. He looks a lot stronger, and he's worked with Mark Letestu on defensive assignments on video in the summertime in the off season, and and uh, he'll be working with our coaching staff throughout the training camp on on the same uh, topics, and and then the um, the exhibition season will will tell us where he's at. And, you know, he's he's got top line ability offensively, and but be able to play top line and the competition against the top lines. You're going to have to have a real solid two-way game because because the uh, the top centers in the league have that. They they don't only have the offense, but they they have the defensive game down as well. So uh, we expect a lot of growth from Jack. I think Jack can do it. I think Jack can learn how to play both ways. I think there was just something about that team last year where you kind of knew they weren't really going anywhere. And, you know, Jack Roslovic came in and listen, he wasn't appreciated in a place like Winnipeg. Okay. He has to come here and you know, what p- people appreciate they, they appreciate offense. They appreciate goals. And I think he knew that. And so I think he did absolutely whatever he could to make sure that this fan base fell in love with him. And we did. And, now we need him to be better than just an offensive defenseman. We need him to play both ways. We need him to actually be a top-line centerman. Uh, I said defenseman. A top-line centerman. We need him to be able to do that. It's his team. If he It's his spot if he wants it. If he's good enough, and we'll give him the keys to this team. I, You know? You know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's his to earn. The fans love his story. They love him. They love that he's a CBJ, that he's a Columbus native. They love that he can score. They they love that about him. Now just add the defensive element to your game. Don't cower up when you have to go against Sidney Crosby and uh, you know um, Patrice Bergeron. Don't don't cower up against those guys. Step up to the plate. And I. Really excited for him. I, I really am. Uh, here is we do real quickly before I move on. I'm going to play one more clip from Yarmo just talking about Traverse City again. Uh, but this is uh, from Aaron Portsline. He is being told that the NHL Players Association is reviewing the Columbus Blue Jackets' decision to ban forward Zach Ronaldo from attending NHL training camp because he's not vaccinated against the COVID-19 virus. So, uh, okay, that must be a team policy then. That must be the the Columbus Blue Jackets saying that they don't want Zach Ronaldo to be here because that's going to provide a lot of awkward tension. God, that sucks. That, I didn't realize that. I thought that was an NHL player's policy. That's my bad. NHLPA is coming after the Blue Jackets. That's tough. That's very awkward. Good thing that this is only a one-player situation. I mean, I'm not going to be the most hurt if we don't have Zach Ronaldo. I just, it's just one thing that you just hate to see, I guess. All right, I'll, I'll just move on. Here's Yarmo Kekalainen wrapping up what the success in Traverse City means for the players who participated in it going into camp, which starts tomorrow. Well, I've been in the tournament since 2002. Um couple of years that I missed when I wasn't uh, working for an NHL organization but usually the players that can dominate in that tournament have a real good chance of stepping right in and, and playing it obviously depends on the team and the opportunities and, and all that and it's another level when you get to the NHL competition and how they handle that and do they get nervous do they get stage fright with the big boys or do they 
have the courage to play the right way when they have a star player playing next to them. You know, those, those are the, uh, the mental part um, questions that, that they'll have to answer with their play and, and with the way they handle themselves with the uh, NHL competition. But, but I think it's a great start. Um, in the previous organizations that I've worked, it's, it's usually translated pretty well. If they can dominate in the, uh, in the rookie tournament or rookie games, they, they are usually a step ahead, and, and that shows also in the NHL competition. But again, they'll have to do it on the ice and, and earn it day by day. And, and uh, I guarantee you that the NHL guys have heard, of, heard all about them, and nobody's going to be giving their jobs up easily. And, and they're going to be facing a tough competition when, once the camp starts. Let's go, man. Let's go. Let's ramp it up. Let's get in here. And, yeah, he's talking about guys like Emil Bemstrom. He's talking about guys like Alexander Texier. Those are the NHLers. Those are the NHLers who, for the longest time, have been the young guys in a room that – was slowly aging and then all of a sudden we get rid of all the old guys and now the young guys are the old guys but we got more young guys coming in to be the young guys and can the young guys who are transitioning to old guys be the old guys and be the guys that secure spots it's going to be a good battle in camp we're going to find out and we'll get reports day by day about how things are going Surely we'll be able to watch some footage of the players from time, especially in preseason games. We'll, we'll see firsthand how they do starting Monday as we, you know, look at the Blue Jackets going to Pittsburgh. And it should be a fun one. It'll be broadcasted right on Fox Sports and surely at the fan. And I'm going to keep an eye on it because I was really excited what I saw out of Traverse City. Did not disappoint there. And I, I hope to see the same out of some guys in in Pittsburgh on Monday night. But I'll be back before then to bring you some sound from players. You know, no show on Thursday, but Friday you'll have a show. A record on Thursday post on Friday for you guys. So I'll have Nyquist, I'll have Bjorkstrand, and I'll have um, a Voracek for you guys. Voracek coming home after his stint in Philadelphia. Had a lot of good things to say about the Blue Jackets, and about Columbus as an organization. Until then, I love you guys, and uh, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and uh, don't forget to tell your dog about us. So, yeah. sound of your own wheels drive you crazy lighten up while you still can don't even try to understand just find a place to make your stand take it Hey!
get it.